she said well you're a really good photographer why don't you just do that and I thought oh don't be stupid that's just so ridiculous why would I do that I did have a story I did have a style and I did have kind of a personal brand but I didn't really realize that until I had some coaching just nature in its kind of awe and magic I loved it but I hated it because there was so much to do and yeah you just think why don't you stop doing the things you hate doing and do more of the things you love hi I'm Claire founder of open stage arts drama and singing classes for adults for this podcast I chat with people who have found or refound their creativity as adults We'll explore their childhood experiences of the arts, discuss how they came to the artistic practices they now love, and consider the barriers they may have experienced between the two. We'll also explore what it is that people value and gain from their newfound artistic pursuits, and how their creative lives enrich their practical, necessary, everyday lives. For this episode, I'm speaking with Amber Leach, who, as a youngster, always had her camera with her. She lost her creative mojo somewhat when she realised work was taking over and she needed to spend more time with her family and for herself. Let's find out how she invigorated herself and got back to loving her creative career. Hi, Amber. Hi. Hi. We are going to talk today about how you fell in love with, out of love with and back in love again with your art form. Tell me what it is you do. I'm a photographer. Fabulous. What were your artistic experiences like as a child? Well, I never really enjoyed art as a child. And I just found that I'm, you know, now thinking back, I don't think I really enjoyed creative writing, art lessons at school. I just found the kind of free expression of art just it just wasn't me Um, my mum was an artist and she was probably one end of the spectrum you know there was her art everywhere a whole house was like an art studio so I think for me I just didn't ever call myself an artist but my mum and dad were also photographers so that really inspired me my mum would turn the one of the bathrooms into a dark room overnight one morning there was a photo of me sleeping by my bed and I just thought it's so magical I must have been about eight or nine Yeah, I just woke up with this picture and I just just fell in love with photography. I just thought it was magical. That's brilliant. Did you, how was your experience at school? Was the arts encouraged? Was it something? Yeah, so I think it was. I used to love textiles. So I actually studied textiles and art and I love textiles, but I think Obviously, for a GCSE subject, you have to do a load of, and it was the same when I studied photography at college, you have to do all of this research, contextual studies, and I just found it so boring. And I was never really passionate about kind of artists in particular. Still now, I'm not, you know, I don't read every photography book in the world. It's just not something that I get inspiration from. I find that I get inspiration from kind of the world rather than the art or the photography so yeah I just found it really boring and my teachers were fun but they were just a typical kind of artist teacher and I don't know I think as my mum was such an extreme artist I think 
I just thought, well, that's not me. So I'm not an artist. So yeah, so I don't know, really. It was it was a very strange experience. But they didn't do photography there. So I could only do that at college. And I did a Saturday art club, and then a photography club at the art college, which I kind of paid for myself, because there was just no option at my school. And then I kind of fell in love with it that way. But it was very basic. It was more kind of projector with some feathers to capture some kind of shadow pictures. So it was kind of experimental. But I think I just used to take my camera everywhere when I was at school and I used to get in trouble all the time. I've got portraits of my friends in their science lessons. I've got pictures of when I went to festivals with my friends. I just took my camera everywhere. So it was more of a kind of fun thing, really. What subjects did you do at school if photography was kind of your sideline? So I was quite academic and I got really good GCSE. So I stayed on to do um, French maths and business studies. They were advised because they were my best grades. So I did those. I found them so boring. Again, just so much kind of research and things like that, which is funny. I love it now. But I just thought I wanted to possibly go to art college. So I went and had an interview in the January because I was thinking of quitting the sixth form. And they said, oh, you've obviously really passionate about photography. You've got a great kind of portfolio. You've been to an art course here. You can actually start straight away. So I quit my A-levels and then went straight into the photography in the January. So I missed a term, but they kind of let me let me on. So that's when I kind of started studying photography um, when I was 16 yeah oh that's very resourceful of you (laughs) (laughs) you had a very specific idea of what you wanted your career to look like how did that work out yeah so I went on a gap year after my photography course finished it was quite a amazing scheme actually it was a millennium funded in the year 2000 it was a rally international expedition and I wanted to go traveling and my mum said hey why don't you go on this there's a big group going there's loads of helpers and there's medic teams and things because I think I just was very naive thinking oh I just go and travel the world I had a job and saved up money and things so I went on this organized trip and it was absolutely incredible there were loads of people from the art college people from all over Devon and Cornwall and I fell in love with nature so we you know lived in a rainforest which I just loved being surrounded by nature you know there was no technology no phones no electric no toilets it was just like immersed in nature to the full extent and I was 18 years old and just just it just changed my life really um and obviously we had a photographer there we had a PR person and part of the project was that when you came back so we did a mountain project a a town project and we canoed on a lake and then we also lived in a rainforest so and then we did beach work as well so Um, It was a real kind of immersive experience. And one of the projects when we got back, because we had to do something in our local in our local area to kind of give back to the community. And I absolutely loved it. And we did this volunteer project in a local school, creating this gardens. And I also fell in love with PR. So I got some work experience doing PR. And I thought, right, this is going to be my job. I'm going to go and travel the world. I'm going to take photos of it and I'm going to write about it and work for National Geographic. So I signed up to a PR course. I loved it, but I just, again, found it a bit boring. And I wanted to, I think I'm a very practical person. I learned by doing, and I think just churning out press releases and studies just wasn't really my thing. So I then applied for a conservation biology degree in Bristol. Also, I wanted to move away as well. I think I was a bit bored of living in um, my home city. So I, again, and 
this was part of thought this could be part of my plan I could then study the new species that I find in National Geographic and take photos and write about it so yeah that was kind of my plan um and yeah I was, I was quite set on it it's a shame that I haven't really followed it through but it was a great goal to have because I think it really opened my eyes to kind of the the options of what you can do with photography and um yeah very good what did you enjoy your studies and what did they kind of lead on to for you yeah it was absolutely amazing so Bristol is just such an incredible city um it's a creative hub of people from around the world and just anything goes you can learn so much it's just like a creative melting pot really I just loved it and it's not necessarily about how good a grade you get it's actually about the experience you have alongside your degree so because I'd already you know had a year out and done some work experience and had a job I was really keen to kind of get as much experience as possible because I kind of knew how hard it is in the real world so I signed up to any volunteering opportunity possible I volunteered for the local wildlife trust in an education center I volunteered at the union newspaper and also that incorporated photography so I did writing photography it was really random how it worked, but I ended up getting asked to do music photography for the university student union events that led on to doing music photography paid for some club owners and promoters. And then that, that led on to me actually working for a record label while I was still at university. So that was absolutely crazy. But as well as that, with my voluntary experience in the Avon Wildlife Trust, because I had my camera with me all the time, I was taking pictures of every environmental project we went on and one of the main things that was happening at the time was um I don't know if you remember the seven barrage was quite a big environmental campaign that was happening you know they really wanted to make renewable water energy with the barrage but obviously it was going to ruin a lot of the uh, local environment including the mud flats and you know it's a very um unique ecosystem in the seven river seven so the Avon Wildlife Trust were doing a big campaign about it but while I was there I'd actually taken hundreds of pictures of the seven and its kind of environment and so they just said oh can we use a couple of your pictures anyway it turns out all my pictures were used for the main campaign so they had a magazine about it a brochure all the photos in the press were my pictures of like the seven bridge and the estuary and it was quite a big campaign. So literally, they were everywhere, obviously, in the environmental world, but that's what I was in at the time. And I wasn't paid. But for me, it was like, wow, you know, I didn't even have that great camera. It was just a very basic Canon at the time, all I could afford. But um, I remember posting the magazine to my mum, I've still got it now. But yeah, I was so proud, because I just thought, wow, you know, my pictures are good enough to be published. And it just really encouraged me. And then around the same time, coincidentally, um, I started getting a lot of my music photos published. It was kind of before social media. So um, my pictures were published in music magazines, the local press, and I started getting paid to take photos to be published. So I was like, wow, my work's getting published, I'm getting paid for it. This is amazing. So yeah, that was a real taste. And I think it kind of really... Um, encouraged me and inspired me that even though I hadn't studied photography my work was at a certain level that people paid for it and also it got published so it's crazy how I just kind of fell into it just by having my camera wherever I went which is what I did at school just saying to people you know oh I can take pictures if you want sometimes it was to get free entry to a club night that I wanted um but then that kind of led on so I think it was yeah just a real real kind of learning curve for me at the time it sounds fabulous 
also you were holding down a day job while doing these photography bits on the side as well and studying supposed to be as well. <laughs> <laughs> my studies did suffer that year actually so I wouldn't recommend it but I just didn't want to turn the work down and yeah it wasn't the best year for my studies I still passed and got a 2-1 but yeah it did it wasn't the best um wasn't the best opportunity to take during my final year <laughs> yeah but you did go straight into work after you graduated didn't you yeah, so because I'd done so much voluntary work, the volunteer centre at my university had a job, which was, it was called the Community Volunteer Programme, and it was a volunteer coordinator. So that was just a part-time job for three days a week. So they actually extended the job. So I was volunteer manager, I organised events and volunteer projects like big beach cleans. But then I also took photos, wrote about them and did the PR. So for me to get all this kind of press for them in big, you know, volunteer magazines and stuff they were just like wow you're amazing so for me I was just like wow I'm just writing stuff and sending it to these magazines and it was getting published but I think I think we were having such a big impact on the local community and I was there photographing it I think because I was a member of staff and I just happened to be there managing the volunteers I captured everything and I knew them really well but I suppose to actually book a photographer to come along to all of those things people don't have the budget for that so I think it was a real kind of unique experience and um and yeah, it was it it was a really amazing time actually capturing that and getting all that press. It was really, really fun. <laughs> yeah, good for you. How did you get into wedding photography? Well, I um worked for the music uh, agency and the record label owner's wife was an event planner and also a wedding planner so I knew her and I'd done a few photo shoots with her because she was a model she rang me one day on a Friday and said oh you're free tomorrow can you come and photograph this event and a wedding and I was like no way and she said look you'll get paid and things like that I was like no don't even know what wedding is basically I've never been to one I'm just not interested um it's not my thing at all and she said look they're really desperate and she said to be honest just treat it like a music event just capture everything um and I think at the time I just always thought in my head that weddings were just formal and boring and like stuffy and you know shiny and just you know not my thing at all and obviously I had no experience and she said look they'll be happy with anything the photographers let them down and I'll tell you what to do I'll kind of tell you where to go and stuff tell you where to stand I was like okay so I thought I'd just help my friend out anyway I got paid really well it's like 350 pounds I was like this is amazing and they were so happy and then going on a few years I had a baby um, ended up moving back down to Devon to be near my family and then I got a job at the university. Um, so again, you know, wasn't really doing photography at all, just kind of one job after another from university to university, working in marketing and PR now. And so I worked there for five years and then they went through kind of a big restructure. And my job was actually put up for redundancy, kind of our whole department. And it was just a really horrible time. And my friend just having a moan with her over a coffee and saying like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And she said, well, you're a really good photographer. Why don't you just do that? And I thought, oh, don't be stupid. That's just so ridiculous. Why would I do that? But she said, you know, you've got loads of great photos. You've got loads of experience. I think I'd done a few kind of baby photos, you know, of my baby, of my friend's baby. So it's not as if I just put my camera down and left it. But in Devon, there's no music events, no festivals, no nightclubs. So my music career ended abruptly when I moved there. 
and I didn't really want to travel to London stuff. So I kind of had not really done any photography properly or paid or anything. And then so I thought, oh, you know, what I'll do I just set up a Facebook page and put some photos on it and just kind of see. Um, and my daughter was called Liberty Pearl. So I thought, oh, that's a pretty name. I'll just call it Liberty Pearl. And anyway, I started getting all of these inquiries. And within a couple of months, I had 12 wedding bookings. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And because the uni were going through redundancy, they had free people you could talk to like careers people. So I just thought, oh, I'll go and speak to a lady that I knew. She had a marketing agency. She actually gave me a session on like pricing and just helped me a little bit with that, which was great. So the uni paid for that. And then I ended up paying her to write the copy for my website because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then six months later, I actually decided to quit my job, which hadn't been made redundant in the end, which was crazy. So I think we found out about redundancy in the February. I'd set up my Facebook page. I think I did my website in June. And then in September, I remember I got my first ever booking from a stranger. They found me on Google and it was a complete stranger. And I rang my mum. I was like, oh my gosh, I've had my first real customer. And then, yeah, and then in the November, that was it. I quit my job and was a a self-employed person. Didn't know what I was doing. Never had a business before. Didn't have any clue what I was doing. So yeah, it was a bit of a, bit of a shock, bit of a kind of crazy, um, risk I suppose but again I was so naive I was just like yeah great I'll just run a business <laughs> amazing we like a bit of um yeah I don't know what I'm doing but I'll do it anyway here at creativity found we hear that a lot I've got to come back to the business side of things in a minute but from a photography side you said you you had your first booking from someone that wasn't someone you already knew did you have a style photography wise or was that something that you built as you were practicing within the business I mean I think because I just kind of went for it I obviously had worked in corporate marketing for 10 years and PR I kind of had that backup but again because I knew those skills I didn't really research how do I apply this to a business so I hadn't really you know when you set up a new business you brand you find out you know what your USP is you find out what your style is you find out your story and all of that but I think because I was so naive and didn't really know what I was doing I was just like I set up a Facebook page put some pictures on it put a website write a bit of stuff about my process and that's it it wasn't really like I had a style or that I knew I had a style I think I was naturally drawn to nature flowers uh, obviously I studied conservation biology so I think I naturally attracted couples who love Devon and Cornwall, love the beaches, because that's what I kind of talked about all the time. So I think I did have a story, I did have a style, and I did have kind of a personal brand. But I didn't really realise that until I had some coaching. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, what's my style? What's this? What's that? And then I think in retrospect, when I went back over it, the penny dropped and I was like, Oh, yeah, that's my style. But I, I really didn't know that I had one because I was just getting on with it. Now I work in marketing and I work, I coach people and it's really easy to describe what other people's styles are. But I think when you're trying to do it for yourself and describe your own work, I just find it a really personal thing. So it was a really long process for me. Um, and I did all these different tasks, like asking people to describe my work, asking people to describe my personality. It was very clear that there was a style, there was kind of a pattern, very nature inspired, very relaxed, natural, just nature in its kind of awe and magic but I think it's it's quite a hard thing to describe that and I think it's quite a personal thing to kind of put that out there as well I don't know that's what I found anyway yeah no I completely understand it can be quite scary to look at yourself or look at your work and say this is me I'm looking deeply at, at this this is what I do or this is what I am I 
completely understand that. And also kind of niching as well. I I didn't realise at the time, but I was actually quite scared to narrow down my audience, which lots of people do. But I think once I did that and I was really clear and confident on describing my ideal bride made me get so many more bookings and people who were just like, we love your work, we're going to book you because we've read your website, we totally get you, you're going to totally get me. It's a hard thing to do, but once you do it and have the confidence to go with it, it just makes your marketing and like your work so much easier because you know what you're planning, you know what you're shooting, you know what you're going to put on social media, you know what you talk about with couples. So yeah, I think once you do that, it just is is a real game changer. If you've heard me banging on about the Creativity Found Collective on this show, but are still not sure what it is or if it's right for you, why not jump onto a one-to-one online coffee chat with me and we can talk about your small business and how the Creativity Found promotional and networking membership could help you and your enterprise to thrive. Visit creativityfound.co.uk slash join us or click on the link in the show notes to sign up and book a date and time for us to get together. See you soon. Yeah, I know it can be scary. People often have like massive, massive menus in restaurants and things, don't they? Because they think they want to please everybody. But you're far better off pleasing fewer people in a really solid way. You've been talking about the social media and the website. and You've been talking about your, you know, your USP and all of the business side of things. And I'm wondering whether making something you love photography making that into a business has that had an effect on your love and your enthusiasm for the art form absolutely it's really funny I was listening to a podcast today and they were talking about this exact things and the host of the podcast said well actually there's a study where people they were given a game to play and they love playing this game but when they start getting paid for it they actually lose the passion and drive and just end up, it puts too much pressure on them. And I was like, wow, that's a study that's not just me that thought that. Um, but yeah, so I obviously love photography forever. And I was a single mum at the time when I started my business, quit my job, and I had six weeks salary in the bank, and I had to make it work. The first year was great, had loads of ideas, tried everything, realized I was probably doing too much. When I started out as a photographer, I did everything, like absolutely everything you can imagine, festivals, photo booth, charity events, um, baby photo shoot studio stuff, which I absolutely hate. I did Christmas mini sessions at baby groups, donkey days, everything. Um, And then I was like, right, this is way too much. I'm working all the time. So then I really focused down on weddings and, you know, the odd family outdoor session. But I think it's really hard to say no to stuff as well. It started getting really, really busy. And I started doing workshops and things as well, coaching and mentoring. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. I then moved house, met my husband, got married and inherited a stepson and we moved house again. So that all happened in the space of, I think, about 18 months. By that time, I was just like, oh my gosh, I had lived on my own for years um, running my business. Then when I got married, me and my husband moved in together and he was like, oh my gosh, you work all the time. And I said, well, 
because I was a single mum, I couldn't go out in the evenings because I had a baby at home. Um, so I'd never really noticed that actually when she goes to bed, I'd clean up the house, whatever, and just pop on the computer for two or three hours, which doesn't really seem like that much. But obviously, when you've got a husband who's like, what are you doing every night? So there was kind of pressure from him to say, like, stop working as much, which was totally fair enough, because it's probably, you know, wasn't healthy and sustainable. So yeah, I think I just got to this point where I was like, I loved it, but I hated it because there was so much to do, constant editing, constant marketing, constant everything. I wanted weekends to spend with my husband and my stepson and my daughter was missing me and I, yeah, I didn't know what to do. So I just kind of stressed out. I thought, right, I'm just going to sell my business. It's earning, you know, six figures. I'll make some money. I'll just kind of get out of it. Um most people who think that their business actually isn't ready to sell because it's you or you haven't got the processes in place. I didn't have a team at the time either. So I did put it up for sale. Um, I got loads of advice on what to do to make it sellable and things like that. But yeah, it was just a really rubbish time, I think. And um, I don't know, I, I remember one day I was talking to my friend and she answered me and I was like, what did you say? And she just kept talking to me, but it just wasn't going in. I think I just had so much going on. She was talking to me and I was like, I actually, it's just, it's not going into my brain. I don't know. It was just so weird. It was such a weird experience. And yeah, it was just, um, I think that's the first time I ever really experienced overwhelm. People, I think people ban that around quite easily, like overwhelm, overwhelm. But that was the first day that I was like, you know, just like pressure and like, I hate what I'm doing. I hate photography. I, I don't want, I just don't want this. I just don't like my camera. I don't like anything. But I loved the weddings and the people and I loved giving them the photos afterwards because I loved the sense of purpose it gives me and the sense of joy it brings them and the honor it is to capture document someone's life stage that special moment in their life it's me capturing it you know that never went away but it's just all the other stuff <laughs> yeah completely completely understand I love sharing my guests stories with you but podcasting isn't cheap there are hosting fees and software costs, tech to buy and time to invest in planning and editing to make sure the guests sound great and listeners hear the best content. If you would like to financially support Creativity Found, please visit ko-fi.com slash podcast. Now, I know that you do still have a photography business, so you didn't sell it. And I also know that you did find your way back to re-loving your photography. Can you tell me how that all came about? So my daughter, she was spending a week with her granny and dad up in the Midlands. And so I had a week. I was supposed to go on a residential course that I'd booked in. It was amazing. It was like this retreat where we were going to find ourselves and find our creativity. And I was like, yeah, great. And then it got cancelled. So I had this week free and I was like, what am I going to do? And my husband was like, well, that's great. You're really busy, so you can just catch up. And I was like, no, actually... Uh, Chris so I'm a Christian I go to church and I take photos at my church but I also volunteered for a Christian festival a couple times and my friend um, contacted me and just said oh we've had a problem with um, one of our leader she's leader of the media team and her visa has been revoked she's from South Africa so she's had to go back really abruptly and the festival's in a week do you know anyone that can help and I said look I can help if you want I've randomly got this week free my husband said are you mad you've got so much to do and I said look I really need to kind of escape 
not from my life, but just from, you know, my situation, my business. And it was ridiculous. It was August, mid-wedding season. But because I was going on this retreat, I had this time off. And it was absolutely life-changing. And I think I'd always done a lot of voluntary work. And I'd also started out my photography career doing volunteering for a local um, children's charity and things like that. But because I'd got so busy, I'd stopped all of that as well. So I was just working for money, you know, doing photography for money. Even when I went on holiday, I didn't take my camera. So this was a real different experience. It was a voluntary experience, but it was really great for me because I could just do what I wanted. I had kind of had the creative license. We obviously had to capture certain things, but there were amazing things like pottery workshops. There were amazing inspirational speakers. So I got to enjoy all of this kind of learning at the same time as photographing it. So I really immersed myself in just all sorts of things going on. A lot of outside stuff. So I was walking a lot as well. And also there's a lot of music events in the main arena. So I went back to my roots of music photography, all these amazing lights and the energy of people. Um, So even though it's a Christian festival, it's absolutely amazing. There's DJs and bands and rappers and the most eclectic mix of worldwide genres of music so it was just amazing so I loved the music side of it I could be really creative every day they would um put up kind of highlights of the day so it was great kind of seeing my work up there and it was just the best thing I've ever done that I could just have that creative freedom and just enjoy photography again and I completely fell in love with it I didn't love the editing but again it was just made me really quick at editing because they were like right we need this now we've got to turn it around by the end of the day so rather than being really indecisive like oh which picture's best which I spend ages doing so yeah it was an it was an absolutely incredible experience I highly recommend it to anyone and you still go now don't you Yeah, so I've been every year, I think for five years now my family come as well now so we all kind of camp together and yeah, it's just amazing. I found that I was kind of always always on kind of a moving on to the next thing because of the, you know, quick timeline at a wedding, whereas this has really helped me take time to step back and choose the image rather than just snapping away. So it's kind of really changed my photography as well. And how has that changed your approach to running the business? So yeah, that year was a real turning point for me. Um, I got some coaching, which I hadn't done for a while. Um, so I uh, found someone who had actually set up an associates model. So it meant that they grew their business, but they did a limited amount of weddings, but they had a team in to kind of pick up the extra ones. So I got some coaching from her, which was like the best thing I've ever done. She taught me how to do everything from recruitment to um you know, legal side of things to training them. So yeah, it was really good. And I recruited a team of five girls. So now I've actually, my business is called the Liberty Pearl Photo and Film Collective. And we're a team of six. And I've also got a team of editors. I've got an admin person. And I've got an accountant as well, which I didn't have before. It's just think, why didn't I have these things that is just makes me, you know, I can do more work. I love it more. I get more time with my family. Um, and, uh, and I've also got a really good CRM system as well, which manages everything automatically, which is great. And yeah, you just think, why don't you stop doing the things you hate doing and do more of the things you love? So yeah, it was a real, real turning point for my business. And it's just got better and better you know work-life balance is it's up and down obviously at the moment it's quite busy I just spent two 16 hour 14 16 hour days at weddings so I didn't see my family very much but you know now I've got the rest of the week to enjoy time with them um so yeah it's not perfect but I don't think work-life balance ever is I think it's a real shame that you know I see lots of people in the wedding industry you almost need to get to breaking point or you know other industries businesses before you think oh I need to do something about it I don't know why it's 
as you say, it is something, again, that I hear a lot from my guests is is getting to burnout or almost to burnout before realising I need to make a change here. So I'm really happy for you. Do you think you are more open to creative opportunities now? Yeah, I do. I think I try and do as much as I can. So my daughter um, really wanted to do a sewing project. And I think when we were moving house, I found this blanket that I made with my mum one summer. It was really sweet. It was like like scraps of material that you put on a piece of fabric and sew it. So it's kind of really bumpy. I don't know what that's called, but um, <laughs> we kind of made this really cool blanket and I always remember it and I've still got it. It's absolutely awful, like this really 80s horrible fabric and stuff. But I loved that summer with my mum, like making this blanket. And my daughter said, oh, can we make a blanket? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so anyway, she designed this blanket. It's absolutely amazing. And I've got loads of old Liberty fabrics that I've kind of collected over time because I'm obsessed with it. So we made this blanket out of Liberty fabrics and we made it for the baby. So it's just beautiful. And we spent quite a lot of time doing that over lockdown. And that was really, really special. And I think, yeah, I'm a bit more open to that now, whereas before I would have been like, I'm too busy. And so I'm, I'm on a learning curve with it. And I started going wild swimming as well, which I would never have done before. And I almost find I I'm get my creative ideas when I'm not doing creative stuff. So if I'm swimming or running or having a coffee with a friend talking about like babies, I'm like, oh, I've just had this random idea. So I don't know if that's the same with everyone else, but um. I do enjoy it, but it's something I need to, I'm trying to put myself out there a bit more. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Brilliant. What plans have you got for the future, near or far? Well, my wedding photography business, I've just had a rebrand of logo and kind of my style and things like that. So I'm currently doing my website, which has taken ages. And again, that's really kind of niching. I've really honed my style over those last eight years, which is really exciting. So And then over lockdown, yeah, I didn't really know how long that was going to last. So I started um, and I get bored quite easily. um, And loads of our brides had postponed completely, uh, maybe till 22 or 23. So I thought, well, what can I do? So I was obviously doing a lot of coaching. And then um, I started offering my coaching clients marketing services. And again, I love it. It's really creative, creating kind of graphic sourcing imagery and just helping businesses kind of get their own story out there which I think is you know very different for each business so yeah that's something that I'm focusing on so yeah so that's kind of come out of nowhere since January which is really random but I found that it's another creative kind of output for me even though marketing doesn't seem creative for me I find that I'm just such an ideas person but I don't have anything to do with them it's like I can't put them all in my own photography business so I need to put them somewhere so for me this is kind of a great channel for my creative ideas so yeah fabulous there are many many podcasts out there it's difficult to know where to start so I like to ask my guests for their recommendations you're welcome so yeah the podcast I've been listening to lately I do kind of flick between quite a few different podcasts depending on what I've got on at the moment and obviously because I'm really focusing on marketing at the moment I've been listening to it's called The Diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett and he I don't know if anyone's heard of him but he's uh, the youngest Dragon's Den ever and I'm obsessed with Dragon's Den I absolutely love it but he actually ran a social media marketing agency so for me I was quite interested in his story he's also from Plymouth randomly so I listened to that and it's fascinating it's hardly anything about business and it's actually about their life story where they get their inspiration from what their upbringing was like and how that's actually affected 
their life decisions and their drive and their passion and their creativity it's absolutely fascinating. I'm totally addicted to it. There's a bit too much swearing for my liking because he's quite a young guy. So, he, you know, he says the F word quite a bit too much. But the the content, he had Mary Portis on there the other day. And I was like, wow, like you really get to see inside these CEOs' heads. And, you know, I thought I'd learn loads of business tips, but actually I'm quite learning quite a lot of life lessons. Um, and a lot of it is about how they refound their creativity or their passion when actually when they're running, you know, a multi-million pound business or their serial entrepreneurs they that you know that all goes out the window so yeah I think you find it quite interesting Claire yeah definitely I haven't heard of that what well, sounds like a nice little companion podcast for yes. us. <laughs> thank you Amber how can people connect with you I'm on all the social medias um if you want to check out my pretty wedding photos um it's Liberty Pearl Photo Film on Instagram or Liberty Pearl Photography on Facebook I'm on LinkedIn as well which is Amber Leach and then if you want to check out my workshops or kind of business tips I've got a Facebook and Instagram and it's Audacious Lives Coaching and Mentoring um so yeah send me a message if you've got any questions about anything I've spoke about today um you know even if you're listening to this you know a year down the line I'd love to help or answer any questions because it might have been something you related to or it might be that you know you're struggling to find your creativity so yeah happy to have a chat with you about anything because um yeah I had so many amazing people around me you know when I was going through it and I you know I I really believe in like community so yeah thanks for having me Claire it's been really fun today you're welcome that's so generous of you thank you and um I'll see you soon yeah thanks Claire Bye. bye Creativity Found is an Open Stage Arts production. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate and review. If you would like to contribute to future episodes, visit ko-fi.com slash creativityfoundpodcast. If you contact any of the artists featured, sign up to their workshops or buy their products, don't forget to mention Creativity Found Podcast. On Instagram or Facebook, follow at Creativity Found Podcast, where you'll find photos of our contributors' artwork and be kept abreast of everything we're up to. When I created the Creativity Found website and the collective membership, I had no previous knowledge regarding the technical aspects of making an idea into a reality bit like when I started this podcast. I came across Kajabi, which allowed me to build the website so that visitors can easily find the creative classes, kits or supplies they are looking for through pages that look inviting and that showcase my members' talents. Kajabi also handles the membership, my mailing list and newsletters, the online community, taking payments, and it's where I host the Creativity Found Collective online meetups. If you're interested to learn more about how Kajabi can help you run and streamline your small business, you can find an affiliate link in the show notes and receive a 14-day free trial.